Hey there, everybody. My name is Dylan C. Welcome to the Night Reader Podcast. The night, shrouded in black atop a lone pillar, lights his candle and reaches for a book. Fearless in battle and fearless in literature, he takes in all the wonders of the world right there in one spot. I'd like to say happy birthday again to Herman Melville. It's his second 200th birthday today, or it would be. He was born on August 1st, 1st in 1819. That's absolutely incredible. And he wrote the fantastic novel, Moby Dick or the Whale. If you've been listening to my show, you've heard me uh, go through this book since episode one, truly. So if you have have heard any of my prior episodes, you know how much I love and adore this book and its author, Herman Melville. Um, I speak so highly of him, sometimes to a fault. I just can't help it, though, man. He's an awesome, awesome guy. Um, and today, guys, if you are tuning in, you know, thank you for checking out my live episode. It's my first time doing something like this, so I hope you all enjoy it. Um, play a little bit of guitar here for you guys right now. And see if the lobby will fill up a little bit more. And we'll get to talking about Herman Melville and uh, why he's so important to me and why I'd like to honor him today on this uh, 200th birthday. All right. great Herman Melville, a man far ahead of his own time. If you followed my episodes so far, you will know I'm a huge fan of his, and I respect him very much. You can hear so much more about how I feel about him in my first two episodes, and throughout my podcast, we've been taking a look at trying to figure out, in simple terms, really the themes and ideas of Herman Melville, so insightfully depicted by him. It's almost unbelievable that one man could possess such a large amount of worldly knowledge, truly. To be in so touch with his human nature, so far in touch with it, it's astounding to me. He was a great man and I have drawn many parallels between him and the main character from Moby Dick, Ishmael. It's my personal belief that in understanding Ishmael, we're understanding Herman. It seems his soul leaked deep into this novel, and Ishmael is the character he used to portray his inner beliefs. That being said, though, a huge discussion point of this book is who is the antagonist and who's the protagonist, or is there even one? And taking a look from the outside, if you haven't read this book before, Moby Dick, uh, you may think easily that the whale, Moby Dick, is the antagonist. Some say that Captain Ahab is the protagonist. I have my own beliefs on that subject, but I'll save them for a later date and episode. The parallels Herman is able to draw to not only society 
at the time, but other religions and biblical stories, cultures, and societies from throughout history. It baffles me. This man was so educated and understanding of how humans work, and he's not a one-sided man. He seems to be able to get into the heads of anyone, man, woman, American, foreigner. He has some kind of special understanding of human mannerisms and societal impacts. It's truly astounding to me. If I were to meet Herman prior to his writing of Moby Dick, I probably wouldn't say a word to him or even step across his path. If I met him after the novel, however, I would tell him some of the things I said in my earlier episodes. I'd salute him, shake his hand, hug him if he let me. I think he would let me give him a hug, in fact. And I thank him for the timeless story and knowledge he has provided with this book. would let him know the huge impact his story had on history. It hits me deep to know that he died before he was able to be recognized for any of these wondrous writings. Herman Melville, thank you. Herman Melville, a strikingly bold-faced man with ponderous eyes that emit the presence of a greater knowledge within. His hair was well-kempt, shorter on the sides with the middle being about medium length and swept back. He has a mysterious look about him, a twinkle in his eye, as if there's something, something there that is beyond comprehension. If there is something I want you to know about this man, it's that he was an incredibly smart, talented, and down-to-earth person, as far as I can tell. I'm no historian, but this man was special, truly. I know it deep down. And what hurts to think of him is, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's the way he passed without a single obituary to mark his passing. He died in obscurity before this wonderful book was even globally recognized but I know his soul rests and resides happily, though he may roll in his grave occasionally. Again, we salute you on your 200s, Herman. Happy birthday to you. And thank you so very much for the wonderful works. I'll cherish it to death. You've heard me discuss his motives and backstory in some of my earlier episodes. I hope you will listen to them and hear my appreciation for him. What motives drew him towards writing that story, Moby Dick? We always try to keep in our minds the question, what did he want us to feel when we read this book? With each passage, he surely was trying to move his story ahead, but there are so many lessons woven into these lines. It took me so many attempts to wrap my head around some of these things. 
but oh so sweet and satisfying it was. Clearly, reading Herman's verbose, colorful writing, there is something at play much deeper than just your average ocean tale. A true mastermind he was, undoubtedly, and such a great amount of worldly knowledge he puts on display for us. Yes, the great Herman Melville. If you have or haven't read this book, I'd love to hear why. I'm sure a lot of you <clears throat> were probably pressed to read it in school and kind of leaves a bad taste in people's mouths when they get forced to read or ingest some kind of media like that. Um, so especially if you have to like write an essay about it, college level, high school level, that's always a pain in the neck, you know? Uh, so I don't blame you truly. We've all had that book that like, was pressed upon us. Um, however, if you could try to come and approach this book with a fresh mind and a fresh palate, as if no one had ever forced you to read it, or you never heard anything about how verbose and difficult it was to read, I promise you, if you delve into this book with a fresh mind like that and a positive outlook, you can read this book and not only read it, but appreciate it and get a lot out of it. Um, if you need a little bit of help, Go listen to all my prior episodes. They're right here on CastBox for anybody who's willing to listen, uh, as well as other bunch of um, platforms as well. But back to speaking about Herman Melville, if you guys would allow me to grab my, <clears throat> my notebook here. Herman Melville was 30 years old when he published his great work Moby Dick he had already had mild success as an author he claimed to be unsure of his current work at hand Moby Dick saying its poetry was cold and hard needed a bit of imagination added into it up until his works had been uh up until then, honestly, his works had been a little bit forced. Writing was his way of making a living for him and his family. And he experimented with narrative styles often to much speculation. So eventually he returned to his familiar style of narrative. He liked to describe his current work as a romance or adventure built upon the wild legends of Wales and illustrated by his personal sailing experiences. He had thoroughly studied the best romance novels of the time, hoping to better understand and expand his knowledge of literary skills. And he was a, he must have been just a, a brilliant man. I wish someone would have like been able to record him speaking. Um, it was much before that time, but 
Um, I could just only imagine. I'd love to hear his voice if that's possible. But so Herman Melville's stories were all based often uh, around the ocean and used a lot of his personal experiences. I'll give you guys a couple of examples. In the beginning of Moby Dick, there's a character called Queequeg. You may have heard me um, talk about him in some episodes. Very cool character. I like him a lot. And he's basically a foreigner from like a foreign island. And he's like uh, has a darker complexion and has tattoos all over his entire body, even his face, like a checkerboard pattern type thing. And um, at first, Ishmael's afraid of him because he's hurt. He hears that this man's a cannibal. But after getting to know him a little bit more, he realizes this guy's just like just anybody else. You know, he just wants to be understood and uh, he's not going to hurt anybody. He, and he has like a real big heart is what he comes to find out. It's a real cool realization, a great part of the beginning of the book. Um, so that character, Queequeg, Herman Melville at one point when, went on a sailing voyage, I believe as a merchant like Ishmael did. And I think he ended up like kind of crash landing or they harbored in a foreign island area. And um, Herman Melville was kind of taken captive in a way by these islanders um but it was a weird kind of captivity where they you know they took care of you and they held you captive and you couldn't leave but you know they didn't torture you or do anything bad to you fed you kept you housed and stuff and uh they'd even leave um like like white men they'd give them their tattoos and they'd eventually either let them go or i don't know what they were going to do with him but him and another man escaped um and they ended up coming back to the americas and that was Herman Melville's inspiration for that character, Queequeg, as well as another story entirely that he has that you could check out. Um, I can't think of the name right now, but he does have a story based um, on that kind of adventure that he had. Um, and a lot of his poetry and stuff like that goes along with the lines of uh, a lot of themes, reoccurring themes that he comes along with, or like divine intervention, inspiration, um, other really cool deep things like that that he's able to portray by just using simple stories. And you can come to this story thinking, you know, it's just your average revenge tale about a man trying to take revenge on the whale that smited him. However, it is, I mean, it is in a way that simple. But when you come to it and you see all the biblical references and the historical references and um, just the lessons, life lessons and humanity that's buried within these pages it becomes so much more than that you have allusions to biblical stories like jonah and the whale that are ever present um yes mayor 2 p.m it's uh, moby dick today is herman melville's 200th birthday he's the author you know, august 1st 1819 thanks for joining us today man um but yeah he um it's just truly truly uh there's some stuff hidden in this book uh, it's really present, actually. It's just sometimes the language and the verbosity of it, uh, verbosity makes it a little bit hard and you know, it puts people off at times. Um, but it's just a sweet, sweet fruit of literature to ingest, truly. And he's become one of my favorite authors through this book. Um, and I've just experienced so many um, mental clarity moments and cool connections to society now even and lessons that hold true today which is mind-blowing because when you read this book, you can see how outdated it truly is in every way from society to economy to, I mean, even how men treat each other 
and how people carry themselves and go about their lives is completely, completely different. But the fact that his uh, stuff holds up today really, really tells and um, is really on his side and like backs his story up truly. Um, so yeah, he took a lot of inspiration from his um, lifetime adventures and he did have a really special uh, thing for the sea, the ocean. Um, he knew a lot about cetology as well, which is uh, animal life, ocean life. Um, so Herman Melville, a man of great poetries, when he did write Moby Dick, it didn't have the best, the best go at it. It wasn't what he was expecting. He had been reading Shakespeare for years, trying to perfect his romance, uh, his romanticism. So when he finally went back and rewrote Moby Dick, because when he first wrote it, uh, the manuscript, he, he wrote to a friend saying that it was a little bit dry and it needed something. Um, and he was inspired by another poet. And he's he like, I got to put some imagination in this. The word he used was fancy. I need to put some fancy in this book. But what he's saying is I need to put some deep and true imagination. I agree with you, Yeet. He probably would have caught him much back in the show. He should have, honestly. But yeah, Herman Melville. I'd like to know if you guys have ever heard uh, uh, read anything by Moby Herman Melville. Have you tried to read Moby Dick? Were you forced to read Moby Dick? Have you read it? Did you start to read it and quit it? There's no judgment here. There's no wrong answer, truly. Um, but yeah, so he rewrote his manuscript and uh, put something different into it. And that's what he was really proud of. I believe he was very, very proud of. So when he released his book that he put all his passion into, and these critics are saying they just don't understand it. It wasn't making sense to people. The way he was writing with these biblical references and other like historical references that you really wouldn't understand unless you had read the Bible. Um, but at that time, most people had read the Bible. So it kind of fit, but the critics weren't feeling it. So it was really hard on him. Uh, I'd imagine it must have just broken him down real bad. Um, I think he went to live in obscurity somewhere, and um, eventually he did pass away before Moby Dick got to its um, got to its people before society realized really what it could do for us. Um, like I said, he would thoroughly study his romance novels. You know, try to expand his literary knowledge and virtuosity and um, <clears throat> The subject matter of his work, I knew it excited him. Yeah. He wanted to capture the honesty of a man's heart. And those are his words. I see that as putting your whole true self into your text and not a supervised version. An honest telling of a man's experience. And that's what this is. There's no rewriting trying to cater to a certain type of person or explaining yourself. It's a true true depiction of you know human human heart and human passion and how people would react and it's not like he puts in reactions and little story parts to just get points across it's truly how people would react and that's what's impressive to me he also spoke of the elusive quote truth of the human heart unquote that shines through his works in honest and hearty descriptions and his melancholy, truthful outlooks. 
This dark background is what Melville saw Shakespeare write his novels on. So leaning behind the <clears throat> probable and normal and decided to pursue instead the marvelous. And indeed he did. And so successfully he felt the need on, he felt the need to cook up a certain kind of imagination in this novel. It's a vital part <clears throat> of us all that we're born with imagination. And therefore we have no need to create or cook it up. Original sin in humanity revealed by reading a colleague's leak, <clears throat> a colleague's work gave Herman insight for his own. Now he had claimed that Shakespeare would one day be rivaled and maybe even surpassed. In this public essay he released at the time, he said, <laughs> basically challenged American writers and himself to take up that challenge, to surpass Shakespeare. I believe in some ways that Herman Melville has surpassed him. A few days after he wrote that essay, he returned to Moby Dick, and that's when he reworked it. He made sure to keep his novel full of intellectual contexts, which I find very significant. Before the book, he lists and explains all references and allusions, from the Bible to folk songs to historical folklore. Thus, <clears throat> inviting all walks of life to read it and suggesting the book will embrace a multitude of ideas and perspectives that are all conflicting. So one page you might may be reading about a Ramadan. Next page you're reading about the Christian Bible. And the next page you're reading about some Persian kings. <clears throat> now the book's opening chapters are short, descriptive, and sometimes comical passages involving characters with biblical and metaphorical names, sometimes elaborating on that in the novel. This is a very smart and interesting thing that Herman and Melville did for us. Some of the main characters' names are the exact same names from stories in the Christian Bible. And the hard part about that is, is that when you first go to read this and you have, you're not religious or you haven't read the Bible or heard about it, you're going to be really confused. It's not going to make any sense to you, really. I'm sure that's what these critics saw. However, if you're able to, uh, if you do have a background in that, or you're able to go and find out how to make those connections, um, it's really cool because it makes a whole lot of sense. I'll try to break down one little connection that he does for us. Captain Ahab, one of the main characters in Moby Dick, as we all know, his leg was taken off by a whale named Moby Dick, and he wants to go get revenge on that whale. He'll go to any extent, no matter what that is. Whether it's bringing down his whole crew around him, he really doesn't care. He will, he will utilize this crew to the very ends of the earth to get his revenge on this monster as he sees it. Now, in the Bible, um, very loosely, I'll say, there's a story about a king, a crowned king, uh, called Ahab. Same type of thing. And um, I don't remember the specifics, but he does the same type of thing where he leads he leads those around him to sure death, um, kind of very selfishly. And it's a, a story in the Bible that um, <clears throat> is often read to teach a lesson. Um, but when you see these type of illusions, and he uses that to foreshadow 
instead of just like imagery or descriptions, he uses these Bible biblical references and cool things like that to to make for to foreshadow to kind of give you an idea of what's going to happen. Because when you first meet Ahab and you hear his name is Ahab, and even Ishmael's reacting to that because he knows the Bible in this book. The main character knows all about the Bible. So he gets these references. So he's a little bit scared. He hears Ahab's name and he hears how Ahab is and he makes connections to the story in the Bible. And what's even scarier is that in that story in the Bible, there was a man, a prophet named Elijah, who warned Captain Ahab, excuse me, who warned Ahab of the Bible to not pursue whatever he was pursuing. Now, in the beginning of this book, our main character, Ishmael, who was thinking about going on this voyage, he does not know how Ahab is yet, but he's thinking about going on this whaling voyage. He gets talk, uh, approached by a homeless man. This man calls himself a prophet and warns him. He says, do not go on this book, uh, go on this boat with this man. He knows that man. He will good, be good to his crew, but don't go on it. Just trust me, don't go. Something bad's going to happen on that boat. And at first, Ishmael's like, yeah, sure. You know, you're just some crazy homeless guy. Who are you? Why would I listen to you? And the guy says, okay, you know, you're right. Just a homeless man. So have a nice day. But as they're walking away, Ishmael decides to ask him what his name was. The man reveals his name was Elijah. And that's the turning moment in Ishmael's head when he realizes and makes that connection Elijah and Ahab, just like the ones in the Bible, it's too strong of a connection. It's too much of a coincidence, right? But his name's already signed. He's already penned to be on that ship. Like metaphorically and literally, his name is signed. So he's going. So that's the beginning of that novel. That's the setup. And that's the type of thing that Herman Melville was able to, to give us. Just the beginning of the novel. That incredible, incredible... Um sense of foreshadowing, but not your average way, in a very, very smart and intellectual way. Um, Shakespeare <clears throat> Shakespeare plays are often cited as universal and timeless. Achieving this through the transformation of the mundane, life experience, cultural dynamics, and the moment in history that the book arrives. That's exactly what happened with Moby Dick. And that's why it's so timeless. If it would have been written today or earlier, or even a little bit after or before when it was written i really don't think it would have it, it was just the stars aligned in a way this book dramatized and depicted processes of american democracy business and industry of the times like nature being turned into a human commodity the characters often describe and philosophize about these subjects to great effect on the reader also ideas of controlling your own destiny like i mentioned before 
manifest destiny and such. Like I said, the characters themselves will philosophize and their philosophies differ. For example, when you hear Ahab talk um, and he gets into the narrative, it's completely, completely different than hearing Ishmael talk and describe um, even their outlooks on you know the world. It's like Ishmael is uh, very eager to see the world and see what the world can show him. And Ahab, on the other hand, is eager to you know write his own book on the world you know kind of uh he has his way of seeing things and he's not going to budge essentially and to so seamlessly go back and forth between that kind of thing and there's more characters in that as well that's another thing that's just mind-blowing to me now as i mentioned before the biblical references that's a thing called uh referred to at the time as typology or the allusions to, you know, Bible texts and the like to thicken the texture of the novel. Thank you guys so much for being with me today here on the Night Reader podcast. It's, uh, again, it's August 1st. It's um, Herman Melville's 200th birthday. Herman Melville, the author of Moby Dick, and a fantastic author, one of my favorite ones. Today we're honoring him for the fantastic literature and stories and poetry that he left to the world. Um, and he didn't ask for anything in return. He didn't get anything in return. He didn't even get his, uh, he didn't get appreciated. He passed away, um, on his own to living by himself pretty much. Um, and that hurts, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing to hear and to think about, but I do know that, um, some way, somehow he's found some kind of feedback or some, um, I don't really know how to say it, but I know you guys know what I'm trying to say. And again, I will say, Herman Melville, we salute you and thank you so very much. Happy 200th birthday. I do have a bit more to say about Herman Melville. He has inspired me greatly. He's made me think deeper about the concepts of inspiration and controlling your own destiny. When I talk about inspiration, I mean as to say what inspires us to do what we do every day to do our passion and do we need inspiration to create something great like a divine intervention is it something that we're born with or that's like are we going to create whatever that is within us no matter what is it a mixture of that and prior artists that we've seen and we experience growing up in our lives and are inspired by would any of the art we see today be possible without the prior art in the world and in history. These are deep things and uh, some of the type of topics that you can think about and see when you um, when you read this kind of book. I welcome you all to please uh, 
check out this book, grab it, read along with me. If you don't feel like reading it and you can't, uh, listen to my episodes and I'll take you through it. And you don't got to do anything. You can just listen to me and I'll explain it in a simple way, in easy terms. And I even throw in some cool voices and uh, music as well for the, I do themes for the characters and stuff like that. So if you like a little bit what I've heard of what I've heard right here on live, you can go on CastBox and hear the rest of my episodes. I've got about nine right now. Um, I know you'll love it. I'd love to have you guys as uh, listeners and night readers. And if you want to get involved with me, you could always talk to me on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever on here as well. Talk to me about your favorite books or movies, games, stories, whatever. Um, if you wanted to talk with me on my show about what books impacted you as a young adult, child, or as an adult, um, maybe a book that changed your outlook or uh, changed something within you or got you into reading. If you'd like to talk with me about something like that and come on my show, I welcome any and everybody, as well as if you'd like to submit a poem or some writings. Uh, I love to read uh, my listeners' writings on my show as well. I do want to apologize for uh, the lack of um, context and the lack of um, organization in this episode. Uh, like I said, it's my first live kind of kind of get-go on it and uh, wanted to give it a try, see how it's going. I hope you all enjoyed it. Hope y'all like some of the music and I hope you like what I had to say. And I hope you will honor Herman Melville with me by either, you know, reading passages of this book or listening to my show or whatever it may be. And uh, whether you do listen to my show or not, I hope that you guys are feel inspired or heard something that you enjoy here. And I hope that you uh, will take what you hear, and, you know, take it to heart and try to create something that's truly um, to something great, something true um, and be true to yourself. Another topic I talk about in some of my older episodes is apprehension of creating your art. And that's something that really worries me, especially for the younger generation. Um, you know, apprehension due to not being able to reach that same level of the artist, the artist that you're trying to, that you were inspired by, or, um, you know, maybe not writing that poem or drawing that picture because you feel like you're not good enough or someone's going to criticize it. And it's going to make you not want to do your art anymore, or do your work anymore. That's something, like I said, that, that really scares me and worries me, especially about the younger generation. So what I would like to tell you is to just do all that you can create. Don't stop creating. Don't stop writing, drawing, or whatever it is that is your passion. Keep doing it and do it undyingly. All right. And if you want to talk to me about it, about inspiration, if you need a little push, you need some help on your thesis, Whatever it may be, I love, absolutely love to talk with you. Okay, guys? Um, so, yeah, the CastBox is my favorite um, favorite platform. I'm always on here. Probably going to be doing more live stuff pretty soon. Um, but my official 10th episode will be coming out soon. We're getting to the middle of Moby Dick. I do have a couple other episodes called Your Favorite Reads that you can check out. It's the 6th and ninth episode. Now... Let me just make sure that there's nothing else I'd like to say before we get off this live. I will say that you can find me on other platforms. Find me on Facebook. I'd love to chat with you guys there. A lot of cool stuff on uh, the Night Reader Facebook. Instagram is where I keep my fastest updates. So if you're going to see me going live and want to be there, if I'm going to do something like a book giveaway or some other cool thing, find me on Instagram at Night Reader Podcast. I'd love to talk with you guys there as well. And I post stories every day and I do things like uh, book giveaways. And like I said, you guys can submit your writings to me. I love, I don't choose and pick and I absolutely don't criticize. So any and everything you want 
um, that you'd like to submit, you can do it anonymously as well. Uh, you can send it to me on Facebook or wherever you can find my email somewhere on here. But uh, thank you guys so much. I'd like to say that uh, my episodes and this one, include, including this one, uh, written, produced by Dylan C. God bless y'all. So uh, go on. Flip your pages. Drop your sword. Pick up your pens and your reading spectacles. Let us read on. <laughs>